This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Yana Shaneas. This is our full-time show, our initial reaction to Fulham's 3-1 loss to West Ham. It's an unfortunate loss. We're going to talk about that. Me and Giannis, if you are watching live, please feel free to share your comments on this loss for Fulham. Also want to mention, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are live right now on YouTube, so feel free to sh- to subscribe there and helps other form supporters and supporters of other clubs find us as well. Also going to be mentioning this for a while. College talk is now part of the talk sport fan network. This is a great situation for us and we'll see where this takes us, but I also want to mention we are part of this network. Now a bunch of great podcasts are going to be a part of it's going to be great. Okay. Giannis over to you. Let, let me just start by getting your initial thoughts on this uh, disappointing three to one loss. I thought, Fulham played well at times, especially in the first half. I thought there were points to be had here, my friend. That's what's disappointing here. Your opening thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I'd I'd be lying if I said that I liked West Ham because I can't stand them. And forever blowing bubbles. I don't know what they can do with that. I thought it was one of those games that that once we look at the tape, I think that Marco Silva was apoplectic um, yeah. after the second and third, you know, the the, uh, the the penalty and the second goal. Once the dust settles, I think it will give them a lot more fuel because there were a few wretched calls that were intermingled to, I thought, was it, what was a decent performance against the West Ham side, who I thought were very ordinary, especially See, for that, 2025. That's how I feel about this, Giannis. And yeah. I'm not trying to take anything away from their victory here. I just feel that Fulham were at the same level. I don't think that West Ham are a better side than Fulham. They won today, so congratulations to them. But I look forward to Fulham playing West Ham at Craven Cottage. I I really do, because uh, I want to see how they react from this first match, because I thought they were the equal to them without Mitro, without Kenny Tete, performance-wise. But, you know... It wasn't their day, and uh, credit to West Ham. They took advantage of the opportunities when they had him. Fulham did it. So they get all three points. But 
if I'm looking at it team against team, Fulma, I truly feel we're not overmatched. Giannis, is that a good way to put this? I don't feel they were overmatched here. In fact, I thought in, uh, especially in the first half, thought they controlled the match. Yeah, I thought we were very good for 2025. Um, Pereira scores a, a, an absolute wonder goal. James hits the crossbar. And uh, mind you, Leno made a brilliant, um, brilliant Fantastic. match. Yeah. But I didn't think we were, I mean, I thought we, um, I, I thought we were, you know, we took the lead. And um, we were knocking about on the back, and they they looked rather clueless. West Ham. They didn't really look as though they were going to create anything. I, I still think they're a very ordinary side. They've spent a lot of money. I'm not really sure. You know, uh, they, I don't think they have many players that you can call quality. Bowen is, is one that sticks out. Declan Rice seemed was nullified really in the first half, but in terms of what our mid, midfield three did. But um, it swung. The game was swung on a, an on an awful call, and I know that a lot of uh, Fulham fans are crapping on Pereira. And and you could say, well, should Marco Silva Marco Silva have done a switch with the corner kick that led to the supposed infraction? But if you're going to give penalties for that, you're going to get there'll be ten penalties a day, and he's run into Pereira. Dawson's running. Yes, we'll area. talk about that. Let's, yeah. let's hold off because I want to go into more detail on that, Giannis. Yeah, it's pretty, as we get into this, because uh, I, I want to really dive down into that whole situation. But I just want to get an initial reaction, and mm. certainly that's a part of the story. Talking about the goal, the penalty. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the second one as well for West Ham, because if I'm, I'm just looking at performance-wise, I told you. Off air, I thought performance-wise, I thought Fulham more than held their own. And I'm just going to share this tweet from our friend Peter Rutzler at The Athletic because I think I think this says a little bit of the performance. I'll get your thoughts if you agree or disagree with Peter's thoughts here. This is what Peter Rutzler tweeted after the match. Full-time, 3-1, to one, Fulham will feel hard done by. Not because of the nature of the first two goals conceded, but because they have played well in decent spells here. Felt like there were points on offer today. Frustration of full-time, but not about the performance. Giannis, do you agree or disagree with Peter there? Because he is not really uh, hard done by by the performance. He's not frustrated by the performance. I'm not either. How do you feel about this? You told me, fair. you needed to think about that for a bit. Yeah, we're going to play games. We're going to play in games where we don't play particularly well and we nick a point or three. And we're playing games like this where we've played decent and for some or inane reasons, we've not got anything out of it. I thought there were some very good individual performances today. And I thought I, I liked the setup. And remembering, you know, Wilson's just come back from injury. Solomon's right. out. Tete's out. Mitra's we're going to get out. healthy here. We're going to get healthy here. Shalaba won't be the nearest. You'll come to Craven Cottage, probably the planet of Jupiter. Um, I think Darren Bent might be closer right now. Uh, overall, I, I, I mean, I thought the application was good. The third goal was a bit comical, and, and yep. that can happen. Tired legs, they worked hard. I get it. But overall, I thought I thought we played pretty well. Um, I thought uh, the intermingling of, of um, positions was good. It was interchangeable. It, it foxed them in the first 20-25. And they looked... 
very, very ordinary. And um, I, I liken it to two years ago, the fluidity of what I saw today was encouraging. We've got our friends from Dean Court and uh, um, up at Villa Park, the next two games. And um, we should have some healthy bodies back by then. And um, I'm expecting us to do well in those two games if we can carry on that application. But as I said to you before the show, everybody has to do their job. And it includes the officials. Okay. There's no point having VAR if, you know, I, 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 I say in cricket, you know, if I consult with an umpire because I'm not sure about something, or da, 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 it's about getting making the right call. It's the objectivity of making that right call. Just and that's get all, it right. That's that's what, you, you and I have said this about VAR. Yeah. Just get the call right. Get the call what, and get the call right. That's all we take, care about. And don't take seven years to do it. Just get well, the that's call it. right. <laughs> but today, we, we've, we've again been faced with a situation where many fans are going to come away thinking – what if, and, and you know, where, what, um, you know, a silver was apoplectic. He got, he got a yellow card. I'm surprised he didn't get a red. I don't blame him. I'd have done the same thing. Absolutely. Um, it, geez, even Harrison Reed got an, a yellow card for dissent. Yeah, yeah. You can see when he came off, he, he's, he's pissed off. Do you know what we're we doing it? Like, what, what, what sort of game is being called here? The game gets played on the field. Yes. The best refs are the ones that are never noticed. Always been the way, and um, it's a shame because I thought it was a good game. I thought I thought it was a good game. It was an entertaining game. I and, thought it was an even game. Yeah, it was an even game, and it was some good quality and and you know to and fro, great stadium to play at. You know, it, I thought we, you know, um, both teams came out, came out with credit, but we can't keep having these issues where we're questioning the officials. Chalaba last week was a red. I've not spoken to anyone who thought it wasn't. That's the right call. Right. After VAR has checked it. Done. We lose. But today, I'm I'm scratching my head. So, you know. Okay, my friend. We're going to get to that in just a second. Before we do, let's Hmm. talk about what was going through your mind an hour before the match. Let's get to the starting 11. And when I saw it, and I just assumed at that point when I saw it, well, first of all, I had been encouraged by the fact that Anthony Robinson was included. So yeah. that to me was a huge boost for Fulham. Yes. Not so much with Kenny Tete because I think that caused this other issue, meaning what do you do at right back? They decide to go with Bobby Decker Dover Reed. Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing, Giannis, and I actually saw someone mention this. And I thought about it when I saw this tweet as well. What does this say about Kevin and Babu that you have Marco Silva deciding to go with Bobby Decadova Reed as your right back? Is that an indictment on him, or is it just the fact that Marco feels more comfortable with Bobby Decadova Reed because he really is a jack of all trades? He can do all kinds of things. He's not a master of any position but he is someone that can help you in so many different ways. I think Bobby Decadova Reed is extremely valuable to form, regardless of how he performed today, positively or negatively. The fact that you can count on him at right back is great. But my first thought was, well, why not Kevin and Babu at right back? Obviously the situation with 
Mitro, I was kind of given a, a little warning that he was potentially not going to play, and that turned out to be what I had uh, heard. And uh, fine. I thought that gives Vinicius an opportunity to show what he can do. We'll talk about his performance in a bit. What was going through your mind an hour before the match? That Silva thinks that Mbabu is poo. <laughs> uh, let's go back seven days. Okay. K Kazawa, first five minutes, put a couple of tackles in, but you could tell he hadn't played for two years. Yeah. Mbabu was nowhere... He was looking like he looked like he was playing as a, a, a de facto centre back. He looked absolutely lost. In fact, I kept thinking, has he ever played at right back before? He doesn't look like he doesn't look like he has. The thing with Bobby Dacre never read. I know he's got his detractors, but he's the jack of all trades. And the you could the only position exactly. he's probably not played is in, in the net. And I think I probably trust that he'd do a half decent job. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a super he's a super lad and and so valuable. I, and when I saw the lineup and I saw him a right back, I thought, okay. That's fine. I, I can trust because he's disciplined yep. in terms of position. He's good enough to come forward. He can pass a ball. You know, he communicates with his teammates. He's uh, he's not a rigid player. And he's better than the backup right back we've got. And Babu shouldn't be anywhere near the squad. He shouldn't be. I, I, I can't believe that, that that is a silver signing. I don't believe that's a silver signing. I don't care if he's played for Switzerland, Liechtenstein, San Marino Bees, or Kilmarnock's under five team. He's 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 woefully out of place. So when I saw reading, I thought, okay, he'll do a job. Yeah, he'll do a job, and he did do a job. He did do a job, and you've got. I mean, you could. Some would argue, well, why don't you bring Diop in for a game like this? Because Diop is going to be so they fired up. They mentioned that on the broadcast. Tony right. Gale mentioned that, I believe. Yeah, but you put the, you put him at right, but but then again, I think this is where I think that's the mark of good management. Where he said, "No, I'm not going to let emotion dictate this. I'm not going to say, okay, well, it's Diop playing against his old team. No, I'm going to play right. what I think is the best eleven. And Dekodova Reed, I think, has played really well this year, and I think that um, you know you want to find him a spot in the squad. He's a team man. We know that. So he was in the midfield three, Palhinha coming back, that's great. Venetius, really. I mean, you, you you he's really about the only person you can put up up top. You've got Nayskins and you've got Daniel James, who didn't really get a chance to show his speed, but I thought he actually did a decent job tracking back today, and yeah. it's going to take him some time. But overall, the 11, yeah, I could deal with it. And the bench, nowhere near as deep as, as, as the house. Well, hands. that was the problem, Giannis. Yeah. When you look at the differences between the two sides their benches it was night and day and of course they mentioned that on the broadcast we all know this we could talk about depth we could do shows on the lack of depth form have partially because of injury you could also make the argument partially because of the transfer window you know we could go there too but that really um i think showed itself obviously in this match and maybe it showed itself in the last couple matches as a starting 11 with fulmar completely at full steam ahead. I think they can compete with almost every Any. team except for Man City. I think they can do that. But when you start losing players and you start losing important players like Fulham did today, I thought they managed it about as good as you could, but you're just not as good as you could be if you had, say, more depth. So I understand the argument about depth, my friend. Okay. Let's not waste any more time. We've got a ton of comments on it. Let's let's get to it because 
Well, actually, let's wait to talk about their goal. Let's talk about the Pereira goal because this, to me, Fulman started bright. I, I, I don't want. I want to start on a positive here. Let's talk about Pereira's goal, my friend, because for all we're going to talk about the situation with Andres Pereira, we have to talk about his goal. This is a fantastic goal. I heard the argument that the goalkeeper should have done better. How about this? Maybe it was just a fantastic goal from Pereira. Well, I think Zuma deserves a lot of criticism because I think he was he wasn't close enough to Pereira. It was okay. a nice move down down that left um, with Robinson, and I believe it was Decadova Reed. And I know I'm going to get criticised for this, but so be it. It's coming. Fabianski is the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League. I've never, ever, ever rated him. And that is a go- that's a shot. It's a cracking shot. Don't get me wrong. It is. But he's got to get a hand to it. He's okay. got, I mean, it's gruesome, gruesome goalkeeping. Having said that, you could see the emotion of Pereira when he scored the goal. He's been a really pleasant surprise since, since coming over yeah. Brazil. And um, he works his absolute socks off. And that's why I was a little bit, I'm hesitant to criticise him for the penalty because people are quick to jump on him for it. But if you watch his work rate, he, he, you know, he and and um, he and Harrison Reed are Reed everywhere, and Palhinha are, are they really are everywhere. They're everywhere. And I thought Pereira played very well today. Now, okay, it's a cracking goal. Um, but Zuma, uh, who I don't rate either, to be honest, I think okay. Dawson is the is the engine back there. If you Zuma's nowhere near him, and he's just gone bollocks, I'm just going to hit it, and he's hit it. Okay. And I think the eight out of ten goalies would have stopped that, but. It's gone in, and we've taken deservedly because I thought we got we started on the front foot. We came out with intent, um, and it continued after that, and we were the better side. And and um, you know had James's you know cracking shot off the crossbar because Fabianski was well beaten. If yep. that's gone in, yeah, hits the crossbar. Yeah, then I think it's two nothing, and then um, um, then I think then I think it's over because I really didn't see anything early on from West Ham looked tired no. and yet only two of those players played in the, the um, played in the Europa Europa League conference. Europa, Europa, conference Europa yeah Europa League conference on Thursday so they should be have a fresh you know fresh team but uh, we came out quickly and hence the early goal right and let's also mention the free kick from Pereira that was a decent free kick you know it was a mm. save you know a save that a goalkeeper should make. But again, another opportunity. So there were opportunities here for Fulman. They were certainly on the front foot. Then West Ham do come in a bit, and here's why we should be happy we have Bern Leno, because he made some key saves in the first half overall, Yes, On uh, on Skarmaka, who was dangerous, let's just call what it is, he scores a goal. We'll talk about his controversial goal. Yes, it's a controversial goal. I know West Ham supporters will be watching it, but it's extremely controversial. We'll talk about that in a bit. But he was, I thought, very good in this match and had some opportunities, but Bern Leno was up for the challenge. Okay, let's not waste any time because I'm sure everyone wants us to talk about this, my friend. Let's talk about the penalty for West Ham. I'll set this up. Pereira, again, was warned twice. We, we know this, was warned twice. And on, with uh, Dawson, he was warned twice. So then the situation arises, and I think the first view I had, it looked like he went down like a sack of potatoes. He went down fairly easy, but it looked like he was taken down like in a wrestling match. But when I watched it over again and I thought about it, and I thought about 
I do think about these things, my friend, intent. I think about intent. And I'm going to ask you this. I understand why the penalty was given. I understand for the criticism for Pereira. But let's talk about the West Ham player. Did he do a first-rate Hollywood acting job to gain his team a victory here? Because let's just say this just changed the match. Well, uh, yes. Um, the, Kevin has done the right thing by stopping the play to warn Pereira. I think that was positive refereeing. I'm going to give him credit for that. I think that he's seen something that's fine. But if you look at any any, cor- any corner kick routine in a box, you will have, what, anywhere between 10 and 16 players in there? Yep. Can any referee alive tell me on this show right now, is there anyone out there that can tell me that uh, that at least half of the players in the box who are defending a corner kick are looking at the ball when the ball is coming over? That and that's the th- and that's the problem for me because you're marking you're marking the man, and right. we see it every game. We see it every thir- Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We see it every game. We see this. So I found it suspicious because the challenge that got the penalty was far less egregious than the first two challenges. Dawson's run into it. No wonder our players are apoplectic because this is part of the game. I'm not, I'm not, it's not like he, he, it's not like he rugby tackled him. He's run into him. Okay. If, If anything, it could have been a free kick the other way. Okay. So he's given him two, two warnings and I'm dead. No, we could have switched it. I mean, we could have said, all right, so Remy, you oh. go over there. You take Dawson. He's great in the air. Right. Okay, Pereira, you come around. Fine. But then it's almost it's almost like Kavanaugh was looking for the pan. He was looking. He was looking to give it. The speed okay. at which he gave it was worrying. It was very quick, Giannis. But very I, quick, yeah. I yeah. do want to share this because, again, you have praised Pereira, but I don't think you're praising this situation. So let's just share this. From Gary Cooper, Chalba and Pereira's being defended by people in, in wrong. They sh- uh, show lack of professionalism and change the two games. Now, you're not based on what we're talking about from Gary here. You're not you're not backing Pereira because again, he's been warned. You're more talking about the situation at hand. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that's somewhere where you know because the Premier League, you got to use a modicum of common sense as an official. Pereira sh- should not have put himself in that situation. So I'm going to say that. Yeah, well, and I agree. Well, no, no, I agree. But then, if you look back at Shalaba, that wasn't a lack of professionalism. That was just stupid. That's seven, eight minutes in, and you're going into a tackle like that. Uh, you're going into a thirty seventy challenge that you're not going to get to. I don't care how quick you think you are, and you got you got red carded. I, 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 I'm not complaining with that. You can't complain with last week's game. No, no, absolutely. Because we not. got done because of a, a, a you know daft decision you put yourself down to 10 men and you lose to newcastle fine but in this one you could look at a host of these situations where there's manhandling there's pulling a shirt pulling a short pulling a socks pulling whatever bollocks you want to bring in right and the speed with which kavanagh called that was really what it wasn't i don't even think it was the penalty it's really what set our players off and the coaching staff because it's just it's it's like well, 
He's run towards him, so he now Dawson knows one slight misstep and it's a penalty. He, he's not. He's not a fool. He's, no. he's an experienced pro. Now Silver will talk to Pereira after the game, right? You know he's going to say, "Now look, <laughs> you heat the warnings," but he'll. he'll I be think sending. that's the part that is upsetting supporters, Giannis is that he was warned twice. I understand we're looking at the other side of it too. We want to be fair on both sides to talk about how he was, you know, and again, the situation at hand on the other side, the player for for West Ham Dawson and, of course, the referee. But if you're warned twice, you have to be very careful here. But I'm just – I'm struggling to think, and some somebody, somebody watching this or listening to this might be able to help us. When's okay. the last time you saw a penalty given for an infraction like that? It's a great question because this happens. Like I've seen people comment on this all the time. All the time. It's right. It's almost like you got whatever, 50, 60, 70,000. Anyway, watching the game in a big stadium and it's almost like he got spooked. It was a spooked decision and it destroyed the game because until that point, yeah, they had a couple of chances. I didn't really think they were going to get back into it. I thought Fulham were the better side up to We're the better side. And then all of a sudden now you've changed Changes. the momentum, changed it completely, and now you've got everybody upset. And then you've shown that you're targeting Pereira by calling Ream over. Oh, yeah. Right? And yeah. saying, well, have a word with – no, 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 no. Because now you're showing it's personal. The point of being an official is you have to be impartial. You have to be objective. There must be no ties to either team. Do your – Belichick, do your job. And it wasn't done. Yeah. And you could say, well, he was warned twice. Christ almighty, how many, how many, um, I'm just trying to think, who got um, the right back? Um, Keller, 3,000 in the t- t- first 10 minutes, should have been a yellow card. Was there right. any warning there? Nothing. No, no Nothing. so you don't, you, so you know you're inconsistent. And if you're I, bad, be, I was going to say, this ref was not consistent at all. I think that's, that's also wrong. part of the problem. I'm going to share this from Steve Reynolds. I want to get your thoughts. He writes, Andreas took a step back and Dawson runs into him. Is that how you saw that, Giannis? That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. And it's not like I'm saying, well, we're, we're going to end up being second from bottom and we're going to be in relegation. I think we're going to be just fine. But I find I it, agree. I find it, it, I find it absurd that you've got these situations. We, we've got two more games today and you're going to see this again and again. Yeah. Um, if that's the case, if, let, let's, let's talk about the comeback at, up at Forest. When Mitra threw the pick for Tosin to run around the back to score the header to get the equalizing goal. Yes. Is that a free kick? Because well, if you if you're talking no, you but know, yeah. that's a similar situation. Honest, that's yeah. actually that's actually a very good point because if, if you're looking at a comparison, you would have to go back to that. And you know, it's funny because on the broadcast they were talking they were mentioning that. But if you start doing all of these situations like that, then as Ibrahim says, I agree with Giannis. That first pen is a farce. Dawson clearly runs into Andreas. You'll have five, six, seven pens every game if this is yeah. the case. And yeah. it's it's there a good go. point. It, it, it's a good point. And it, listen, what's, I'm not trying to take away from the victory for West Ham. They did what they had to do to win. But this changes the game, Giannis. As I said, this sets up the victory. This sets up the victory. You could say if you're a West Ham supporter, your, your team was better. Yeah, they, overall, because they did what they had to do to win the match. But when you look at two controversial goals and the third goal, and uh, I'm actually going to agree with my friend Gary Cooper here because he said that uh, the third goal, let me just see if I can find Gary's comment. He said the third goal given up. Well, 
that was pathetic. There's no question about that, Gary. I can't I can't find your comment, but you had mentioned that that you thought the third goal giving up was I, I agree with that. But beyond that, beyond that, Giannis, and I'll say it again, performance wise, I don't think West Ham went any better than Fulham. In fact, I thought in long stretches of, of this match, Fulham were the better side. A, a, a call, an important call, a controversial call changes the match. And then another one just makes it even worse. And we'll talk about that. But just give me your thoughts as we go a little bit forward. We spent a lot of time on this. Just analyze the first half as a whole. I thought I thought it was a very I, um, I thought it was a very even first half. I thought we dominated it for long stretches, and then they came on. Um, they've got the equalising goal. They are um, they've got the momentum. They've got the crowd blowing the bubbles. Um, but at half time, I thought, okay, it's one one. We've given enough. We've shown enough impetus in this game to say that we can come out with at least a point. We know we've got they've got a deeper bench, but um, Silver's going to have to be a little bit brave in terms of his substitutions and when he does it. I don't think there's anybody that played badly in that first half. I, I, I don't, I, I don't believe anybody played badly. It was good to see Robinson back. I thought yes, I've been looking at the BBC ratings and Robinson fans are thinking, and I, I think they're harsh. I think he did okay. Maybe wait a minute, wait a minute. Injury. I haven't seen it yet, Giannis. Yeah. I thought, especially in the first half, I thought he played very well. I thought he showed what Fulham had been missing. So I've not seen the ratings. Yeah, see, so I thought he did. Uh, and and having Tete back will certainly help. Okay. Um, but we're there's a couple of things in the second half near the end that I think we need to, as players, Silver may launch into the lads at training in terms of, even late in the game, you have to think about the position and think about what you need to do when changes are made. And there was one situation in particular which sort of galled me a little bit because it it showed that we weren't thinking, whereas West Ham were. And I think that's probably the experience of them playing the Premier League and having the players that they have. Okay. All right. Okay, my friend, let's now move to the second half and let's talk about another controversial goal. And it's the second goal, my friend. And to... West Ham's credit, they did come out strong. So I, I want to mention that. But I still felt that Fulham were well into this match. And I thought it, the longer it went, I thought it actually benefited Fulham. I thought they could definitely get something out of this match. But the second goal. Now, we've seen the replays of this. Bobby Decadover reed actually plays him onside. So I thought at first he was offside. He acted like he was offside. But now we find out that it had to do with a handball. This goes to VAR. They were checked not just to see if he was offside, but potential handball. Giannis, I've watched this several times. Is this handball? I don't think it was offside. Oh. I, just, I, don't, I do think it was offside. Oh, okay. That's what I'm going on because when they when they showed the angle of the camera here, it's close. It's Scamacci close. had his right arm out further. That, that's the first thing I thought. Oh, it, it, it's off. It's that's why he reacted. See, that's, that's why I thought he reacted he that he way. Off. He thought he was the off. I don't think it was about the handball. I thought no. he reacted like that because he thought he was offside. That's right. But then the balls come. I, I, okay, I'm not going to take anything away from the, the finish. It's a superb finish. Let, <laughs> okay, let's go. It, it, it was. It, it was. It was a super finish. It, I mean, it's it, and it's good because that 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 save by Leno in the 17th minute really should score nine times out of ten. It's a brilliant save, but he should score. But the ball has bounced onto his ha ha fingers. Why do we know? It's changed direction and spun. Exactly. Then it's bounced yes. onto his elbow. 
So you've got two Giannis, Exactly. And now you've actually got three, because if you look at that VAR, the line, the offside line, he's off. There's three. Okay. So, so, so let me ask you this. Now, this is a decision that is made by VAR and not a decision that is made by the rep. This is a decision that's made by VAR. It's a home match. I know they're not there. They're not on site. But are they influenced by the fact that this match is at West Ham? They're human. Does that come into play when the, when they're looking at calls like this? I hope to God not. Because it I shouldn't, hope... right? Oh, it my shouldn't. God. And I keep and – I, and I look – I'm just throwing it out yeah. there because, because I'm thinking there are two different things to look at. And both of the parts of this went the side of West Ham. Both. And they're both kind of controversial. Well, so we, we live in North America. So we have we have VAR for NFL. We have video for baseball. We have it for hockey. Um, we have it for soccer. We have it for cricket. We have it for rugby. Uh, the reason I mention, let's take MLS out. So that's right. six, right? Those six major leagues. And I'm struggling with the number of times we've had replay where they've gone upstairs, where they've got it wrong, where they've got it wrong. I know as an umpire, a cricket umpire, you know, we we joke if, if a, a batsman, a fielder thinks that, that a batsman has been caught by little Nick and I'll go, no, it's not out. And then a couple of fielders will look and laugh and go, you know, Upstairs, you know, because we, we don't have that, obviously, right? Right, right. And we laugh and we and we laugh about that. But in those six sports that I've mentioned, they get the calls right. Now, I actually think that the best one for the sport for that is actually rugby, rugby union. Because what happens is you've got a direct that direct line between the rugby ref and the, the, the television booth or whatever they're doing, the VAR, and they're explaining to them and the fans can hear it. And then the referee can explain to the players with a mic exactly why the decisions have been given. So this, this and that comes back down to two things, right. transparency and accountability. The fans are the ones that pay big money to go and watch the teams play. Right. The players are paid lots of, lots of money, but they want to win. There's sponsors, there's shareholders, there's international fans like this. There's, you know, it's, right. so many people have a vested interest. And at the end of the day, you want that right call. So right. I know I'm going to get yelled at about the notion. I've got the notion that there were three infractions. But if you dismiss the offside, let's see you dismiss the offside. You've got two. Mean to tell me that VAR couldn't judge on one of them? Well, that's the whole thing about this, Giannis. And like mm, I said, no. when it comes down to situations like this, and I just want to share this because – I do agree with Gary on this. Decisions even out of the scene, West Ham were, were robbed at Chelsea early in the season. Okay, fine. But we're just looking at one particular situation that changed the match. In this match, could foam get calls that go their way? Yeah, of course. I'd like to think that things do even itself out. But we are looking at this particular situation that once again changed the match. Uh, two decisions change the match. And let's just say two VAR decisions because the penalty was reviewed by VAR as well. So it's two ref and VAR decisions change the match. And of course, 
like we mentioned earlier, you know, we, we were also focusing on what the player did. And listen, Mitro's done that too. I'm not a big fan when Mitro embellishes. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that, but I will call it out and I'll call it out in this match, even if it's a phone player. In this case, it wasn't a phone player. But when we're looking at this, Giannis, it's hard because I thought Fulham played well. And here we are. We're focusing on two controversial calls that changed the match. That's the unfortunate part of this. Like I said, it's also unfortunate for West Ham because they're going to be hearing about this. Congratulations to West Ham. They, they won the match. They did what they had to do to win the match. But unfortunately, we're going to be talking about this because we should be. We should be. Yes, this is not sour grapes. This is part of the match that happened. If this happened the other way, if this happened with Fulham, we'd be talking about it too. You know, and, I'm, and you know what? We've lost. We're honest when it comes to that. If Fulham do something, we're honest too. And we've lost. We've lost fourteen of the last fifteen games against West Ham. You know, and, and you know, and as a player, as a player, become. What am I supposed to do? I, I mean, Marco Silva was going ballistic on the sidelines. Yep. And I, I know I've. I've I looked at him the other day going, oh my God, how many times have I done that? Especially when you know, because partially you're doing it to defend your players. Right. I said earlier that Pereira is going to get a bollocking at some point this week in training about oh, of course what, he what, is. You, what were you thinking. But he got every right to say, now look, where did, where, what the bleep did you, where did you get these decisions from? Even if I disagree with you on the offside, that's fine. Yep. It's touch his hand and it's touch his hand. I don't want to hear about intent. I don't want. I don't want to hear about intent. I don't care about intent. I'm, I'm. I'm talking about what actually, not interpretation. I'm talking about what actually happened, and that's right. what we judge it on. And VAR is supposed to remove the subjectivity, any potential subjectivity from the ref. So when he doesn't see it, the linesman doesn't see it, and right. seven scrubs sitting in a booth drinking coffee don't see it. What are we supposed to do? And that's. And it's not just. You know, it, it is. It look, it, it's been going on and on and on and on about you know the VAR thing, but I think the technology is fine. I think it's the te it's the interpret it's the humans that get it wrong. It's the interpretation <laughs> of what they see. You've got the well, camera angles, you've got the lines, you see everything. You've got the goal, the goal line, you've got everything yes, there. But yes, you well, and I have said intent was oh, for, you know. Like, come on! Like, I, let the let the players play. Okay, and this goes back to what you and I have said, because VAR is going to be controversial for probably the end of time. All right, but you and I are on the same wavelength. Get the call right. But here's the thing: if you have the technology, interpret it correctly. Get the call right. Get as you said. It might not be VAR that's making these decisions that make it worse it's human decisions based off of var so that to me that's why i think fans are so frustrated it's like well we have the technology now but there are still situations where we're talking about a human decision based on what they're watching now i always go back to this it's got to be clear and obvious to make a decision that's where that's why var is in place Giannis. So if it's not clear and obvious, then VAR does not really have its place. It's got to be clear and obvious to change something or to have something stand. In any case, VAR 
should be used to make something clear and obvious. I think you would agree with me on that. Yeah, and I want I want the right call, even if it's if it's going to be Just against something. Sort of, that's all I get, want. Get the right call. That's get all the we right care about. Call. Get the bloody right call. You can't tell me. No one out there can tell me that yep. that's not handball. Bollocks. And I still maintain it was offside. And you're right. You raised a good point there earlier about is it because it was wet spam at home? Well, it I'm just, Arsenal at home. And it's, I'm, yeah, because, I'm, ju I'm just saying, Yanis, because I'm a human being. Does that get into involved in their decision? Listen, we talk about it here in I'll use the sport like the NBA. Oh, you, get a lot, you, you get a lot of calls at home, and, and you actually have refs that are known as uh, home team refs. Yeah. You hear it all the time. Why yeah. is that? Because, one, they are afraid to make calls against the home team. It happens over and over again. It's hard. It's hard to make decisions. But this is a VAR decision with people in a room who should not be affected at all because they're not on site. But I'm asking the question, are they still influenced by the fact that it's the home team? Yeah, that's a, gr that's a great point. I'm, I'm, just, I'm yeah. just saying, yeah, are, and I'm they, glad you are they affected by it? And I'm glad you mentioned the NBA because I think the NBA is the worst officiated professional it, league in the it, world. It's the, the worst. And that's why I'm bringing it Absolute up because disaster. I see it all the time. Awful. Absolutely if, awful. If, if it was done properly, they'd be, two, they'd be playing 2v2 two two at the end of the game. It's, if, it's gruesome. You're if absolutely people right. complain about VR, you need to watch NBA. That's all. Yeah, NBA is, oh, it's, it, it is. I mean, the Fulham fans, I mean, the Fulham fans sang their hearts out today. And you could, yes. you know, when it gets to the stage, I, I, you, I, I think you can, sometimes you've got to look at a player, a player's reaction, just to paint the picture of how the, of the frustration the players are feeling. Right. Harrison Reed got booked for dissent. He'd had enough. Right. He walked off the field, and you could you you didn't need to be a, a lip reader to know what he was saying along the lines of bollocks. What is this? Okay, okay, because the right. players go off. Because I, it, it grows on teams because oh, then agree, you wonder yeah. where the next crap call is going to come from. Right, and then you wonder why coaches like Silver lose their crap. Because it's an I've I've spent we lost four one to Newcastle. One of my little dum dums got a red card. We've been preparing for this game. We think we can get something out of it. Eleven v eleven, not twelve or thirteen v eleven. Eleven right. v eleven. Right. We've taken the lead, and then the whole thing has changed on a whim, just like that. Just like just that. Like and, and, and again, I'm not going to blame Pereira because okay. you see this all the bloody time. Okay. So you can be my my only blame is is maybe he should have been more cautious. I understand what you're saying. Yes. He's but... still he's a young pup, but Dawson played. Do, do, give give Dawson a bloody violin or strag him a Stradivarius. <laughs> he was playing for that all along. And, oh, and, totally. and listen, I totally agree. Like, I fools, totally no, fools. Harrison we... Reed. Harrison Reed is one of the most unvolatile players you'll ever see. I've ever seen in a Fulham shirt. If okay. he's getting booked for dissent, what is that telling you? Okay. Now we are in agreement on that. Let, let's move on. <sighs> so uh, we have to talk about the end of the match. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about the third goal. Now, for me, I know that. And I've seen the comments here calling this goal given up pathetic. Now, here are my thoughts on it. First of all, it's the end of the match. I predicted 3-1 to one to West Ham. I'm, I'm not happy that I got it right. Was it, you know, did it look stupid? Yes, it absolutely looked stupid. But are people, you know, again, I'm thinking about this. I, I, we shouldn't feel embarrassed that they gave up 
a bad goal. They gave up a bad goal. Uh, it was the end of the match. They gave up a bad goal. I, I, I think maybe a little bit too much is is going to be made of this third goal. It did look like, you know, again, it, it looked terrible, but in the end, it's just it's just a dumb goal to give up. That's all, Giannis. Your thoughts on the third goal? At that point, I'm like, you know, whatever. And then, and then, yeah. and honestly, the most annoying part was watching the celebration afterwards. Well, I, I wouldn't call it pathetic. I thought it was comical. Comical got, would be yeah. comical. I mean, is a better way. You know, players getting each other's ways. Da da da. We've tried. We've tried to force the issue. We've not done a brilliant job of doing that. And yeah, that's frustrating in itself. I, I, I wouldn't mind any other player on the, on the pitch scoring for them, but Mikhail Antonio, oh, God-forsaken nonsense. God-forsaken nonsense. He's awful. He's awful. He's all absolutely awful. End of this celebration, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You're going to have you, – you come to the cottage and we'll be ready. That's fine. I mean, he's taken the goal. That's fine. Um, it's yep. not a 3-1 game. No, um, it's, it's no. definitely not. It actually flatters Yes, it Let's does. Let's be honest here. But it shouldn't because, light a fire under players. It's, I mean, you know that Mitro's in the stands watching that. Yeah. You know Tetty's watching that. Wilson yeah. got a little bit of playing time as well. Yeah. He's, he's watching that. Well, and, you know, they can't – you know, if Silver analyzes the film, he's going to have to say, okay, well, who played – who? okay, who didn't play well today? And Paulinho was, a, I think, a little bit below par. But, but I think that's measuring up to his incredible standards. You know, he's missed the game through suspension. Yep. But I thought, I thought the start in 11 overall, I thought did um, very well. I Dan yeah. James didn't do a lot for me uh, moving forward, although he did hit the crossbar, but he did did do a good job in terms of tracking back. I thought um, Vinicius is going to get some stick. I thought Vinicius worked very hard. His first touch isn't quite there yet, but I thought he did okay. Yeah. He did more than okay. The thing that did annoy me, though, Kearney was brought on. And I thought Kenny does what Kenny does. He settles the game down. He calms yep. it down, which is what he wants Silver to do. But then they brought Duffy on, and I didn't have a problem with that because you. Yeah, I didn't either. No, you get Duffy up there, and, and da da da. But then if you're going to bring Duffy up there, he's six foot four, six foot five, you got to get balls in the box and, and challenge. And there was this ridiculous situation where Tosin came on on a run yeah. on the right. I don't know what he was up to, and he ran the ball out. He ran the ball out. I, and I know. And never really peeled off. And I'm thinking. And he's yelling at Deco Dover. Now, Deco, if I had been Deco Dover, I'd have gone over and slapped him around the head. Really, what Tosa needs to do is turn, take a look and just thump it in the box. Fabianski's not great on crosses. Just get it in the box. You never know what's going to happen. You've get as many balls in the box as there possible. There you go. The and I thought that was naivety from the players. I think yeah. that they have to understand. But I also what, think they, they don't usually play this way. And I no, think I know. That's also but they, they they don't. But the, all of them will have played in it in the summer. They know they go behind. They're away from home. We're bringing on a centre back who's brilliant in the air. Stick yeah. get balls in the box, and you just yeah. never know. So I thought we were a little bit naive there. Okay. And then they scored the third yeah. one. But you know they can celebrate all they want. I don't. I don't think. That, I don't think they're very good. And um, I thought they were helped by excruciatingly poor. Um, officiating, supplemented by VAR. I don't know what the V stands for, but I know the AR stands for absolute rubbish. And in the end of the <laughs> day, they can take their three points and shove it at the you-know-what, but yeah. I thought there were some good performances that we can take and yeah. get ready for Giannis, friends next totally week. agree with you. And we're going to talk about that to end the show. Coming up next to end Cottage Talk, we're going to talk about Man of the Match and talk about some of the positive performances for Fulham. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, Giannis, let's finish this up because I know that we've focused so much on these two calls that changed the match and we talked about really went throughout this entire match. But I, I'm glad that you already brought this up. We've already talked a, a little bit about the performances in this match. And normally I don't really look at a match when they lose and think about man of the match. But I want to here because as you said, when you really look at it, how many bad performances were there? So who do you have as man of the match? I'm strong. I'm, I'm, this is a struggle. Um, I'm actually going to give it to Harrison Reed because I think, and I, and I, and it's, I think it's a pick em. I think it's a okay. pick em between he, Pereira. Yes, I'm going to get laughter, but Pereira. Um, I thought Nayskins did a decent job. I thought, um, I thought Timmy Timmy Ream at the back did a decent job. I think Robbo made a good return uh, from injury. Leno made a couple of crucial saves. But I'm going to give it to Harrison um, because he is so bloody consistent. And he, the three of them in midfield with a slightly off-color Palhinia. I was going to actually ask you about this. Let's actually dive into that a little bit, Giannis. Here's a player we have not mentioned the entire show. You and I talked about it before the match. This might be his worst match in a foam shirt so far. Yeah, he looked a little. Oh, he, yeah, and, yeah. and I'm I'm his biggest fan. Yeah, I'm he just saying. I don't know if he was that great today. Yeah, I, I think he was. A couple of times he got he was dragged out of position and and tried to be physical to get into position and it didn't work. But for, but he's been our best player this year. Oh, so he he's not. And he's, he's allowed a, a game off, and he and he's he's one of these self assessing. Um, practitioners who will self-adjust. So you know, next week is going to be absolutely flying. I thought, um, I thought Harrison Reed was outrageous today. I, I, I just, I, I, I think he's he is such an absolute bloody workhorse, and he is so critical to what we do. Silver's created a lovely little threesome there because Pereira has impressed the heck out of me and pal him, yep. but read better players make better players. And I think right. Reed has become a better player. Um, I think that goal up at um, Forest would probably, they all feed him. off of each other. Giannis. Yes, they it's do. really like a, a, a terrific threesome that I think needs each other. Yes, I, I, I do. I think we need to tighten up a little bit defensively. I think at some point um, we're going to need to look, Silver's got to. He's going to need to look at. The, I think this is where you're going to see a couple of surprises coming. Yeah. Um, the central twosome of Tosin and Reem. I now am of the opinion that it might be worth giving um, Diop a go. Okay. Because uh, Tosin 
dominates in the air, but I'm still not so sure about his, his discipline of position, whereas I am with Reem, and he surprised all of us. I'd like to see Diop given a go. I thought he played well against Forrest. Yeah, I and agree. why not? Give him a, give him a go. Um, we're a centre-back, a quality centre-back short, but the system that we've got with Palhinha playing, mopping up in front of the back four yeah. seems, is working usually. Today, not so much. But how many right. chances did they create from open play? Not a lot. Now, a lot. I, I do want to share this because I understand this point, but I don't know if you really look at it for this match. Trevor says, leaking goals most matches, not sustainable. But when you look at the three goals here, I don't know if we really want to judge the defensive performance off of these three goals. I agree we're giving up way too many goals, yes. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'd even put last week's one as an aberration because, I mean, I thought, I mean, first half we looked shell-shocked by Chalaba's red card and then we battled second half and we got a consolation goal. And don't Thank you, Trevor, by the way. And uh, yeah, never write off that goal by Dekadova Reed last week because Four nothing look, looks terrible. But four one, it is a defeat. But we got something back with ten men. Yep. Um, it, you know we're three two four, so we're nine games into the season. We've got twenty nine to go. We've got a long way to go. We've got the World Cup coming. We've got the transfer window. So there's a long way to go. We've got injuries. Don't care what anyone says. You look at the likes of Liverpool, um, quality quality side, but injuries out of their yin yang, right? Look yep. at a team like City relatively healthy. You know, you do right. need that element of luck. Um, I'm not happy with the Serbian Fe Football Federation who played Mitro, even though he had an injury, for two useless, needless Nations League games. By the way, get rid of it. Don't see the point in it. Yep. Don't see the point in it. He played in both and he was injured. He could have been the key last week. He probably would have been the key this week, but that's another matter altogether. But okay. once we get the injuries back, I think we're going to be okay. I agree, yes. Um, we just have to learn. We have to learn our lessons that we're up against more savvy teams, and we just have to think a little bit more. And Pereira will learn. He's a young player. He will learn from that experience. I don't. It won't detract from his performance. I thought he played very well, and I only scored a bit of a goal. So okay. let's. We're going to back off him, um, but um, we'll learn. And we've got you know who next week. Yeah, oh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm yeah, looking forward to that, even though Scott Parker is not there, but. My friend, I do want to wrap up the show. I want to end it this way because I'm glad that you've talked a little bit about this. You're going to start here and talk like this, especially when Fulham come off, say, back-to-back -back losses or maybe even more than that. I actually think Fulham are going to win next week against Bournemouth. I'm already saying that right now. But this team that we're watching right now, even in defeat, let's, let's go back two seasons ago and compare it to the team we have now. I think it's night and day, Yanis. I don't see us. I'm going to say it right now. I've said it at the beginning of the season. I don't see Fulham in a relegation battle. I think when this thing all shakes out, Fulham are going to be comfortably mid-table. I truly believe that. And I think it's going to be sooner than later. We're taking our hits right now. But I think in the upcoming matches, if Fulham can get two or three victories, they're going to be in fantastic shape already before the second half of the season begins. So I just see a team that... I think is actually going to be better in the second half of the season. I look forward to Fulham playing West Ham again. I look forward to Fulham playing Newcastle United again. I think yeah. everyone that Fulham has lost to so far, they're going to have a tougher match against Fulham again, and that includes Arsenal and Tottenham. So for me, even in a loss, 
I don't see anything changing my mind that Fulham will be mid-table. I'll leave you with that. I mean, I, I'd rather. I, I mean, if we if we finish seventeenth this year, I know you'd be happy with. I that. I, I, I I would. Um, Silver's one of these these. Um, he strikes me as a student of the game. So the, the the wins he remembers, the draws he'll remember and reflect on chances to win, and the losses he'll definitely remember. Yep. Um, and he will look. I mean, he'll look at our four defeats this year. I know Arsenal, Tottenham, West Ham, <laughs> three London teams. And uh, what was the oh Newcastle? Newcastle, right? So he will look at them, and certainly against Arsenal, Tottenham, we had opportunities. Against Newcastle, shot ourselves in the foot, and then today, well, you know, dot dot dot. But he he'll use them as experiences and, and get us ready. Bournemouth are a different proposition right now under O'Neill. Yep, they're playing well, um, and they're t- they're. they're, they're they're tough to beat right now. Um, I've got to give them credit because everybody marked them as favourites to finish bottom and they're, they're, they're proving everybody wrong. I, I, I think we'll beat them. I think it will be a tight game. Yep. But I do think that we, um, as we grow as a team, we've got to learn from our little mistakes. Right. And that'll season us a little bit. And with better players, better players coming back means our bench becomes stronger. And that's exactly, where yes. right now you look at West Ham and you then you look at ours and you go, oh, mother. Just remember who yeah. is coming back Harry Wilson now being back, I think, is massive. Obviously, Mitro is mm. going to be back. That is a huge one. Is a huge loss. Huge I didn't know one. there. So I've said this. Fulham starting 11 can compete with anyone except for maybe Man City. So for me, I think that uh, we're going to be fine, and I'm not going to change my mind. Anyways, yes, I do want to wrap up this show. Boy, time does fly by. We went almost an hour. Thank you Hurrah! so much for joining me. Hurrah! Right, yeah, so I can do last week. I was doing a, I was uh, umpiring a super elite final in Waterloo. It's about yeah, sixty syndicates, and it was a great, lovely day, lovely day. Okay. Um, I, you know, it was a, it was an entertaining game today, um, and uh, we played our part. We right. played our part. It just feels like technology and officiating played the biggest part, and that's something <laughs> that disappoints me as a fan. You want yeah. to see? It was a good me game, too, my just friend. Me too. by maybe people that need to you know, book uh, appointments to the opticians first thing tomorrow, open okay. at nine. Okay, good yeah. stuff. All right. Before we go, as I always say, please do subscribe on YouTube. And one last time, and I'll probably keep mentioning this, Cottage Talk is now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. For Jan Shanaeus, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute. And all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.